0: Welcome to the Next Chapter Podcast. Whether you were going from high school to college, from college to the real world, from nine to five to entrepreneur, or literally anything in between, we are here to help you turn the page from dreams to reality.
1: Welcome back to the Next Chapter Podcast, where we help turn the page from dreams to reality. Today, we're going to be taking a deeper dive into ourselves individually. We're going to be looking at who the co-hosts of this podcast are, and we're going to start off with Matt. So, Matt, to start off, give us a 30-second elevator pitch about who you are.
0: All right, 30 seconds on the dot. So, uh, what's up, guys? I was born in Maryland, and honestly, don't really remember too much about living in Maryland, moved to Pennsylvania at a very young age. Grew up in Pennsylvania pretty much my whole life. Um played baseball, cut grass growing up throughout middle school, high school, ended up going to University of Pittsburgh my first year of college, thought I wanted to be a doctor. After that, switched to uh, Temple University across the state and pursued a degree in sport business. And from there, got involved in working for a sports agency. Um, You know, I've tried many different things. I've had a podcast for almost two years now, worked in solar, worked in marketing, uh, worked in moving, at a gym, all different things. Um, held definitely held many different hats and roles in my life. Um, but I'm someone that just wants to be active. Um, surround myself with good people, good messages, and my overall mission in life is to define the word success.
1: Nice, as, as seen in your podcast, individually the Define Success podcast, which has been going now for a year and a half, right? Yeah, a
0: little bit over that.
1: Nice. Uh, so to get us started what made you so in your early life, what molded you into a person who wanted to even go to college or even saw that as your next step in life?
0: I think it was just kind of like a standard for um, myself growing up, It just what my parents always envisioned. Um, I never second-guessed it, and I was good at school, in middle school and high school. Like I was getting good grades, was in good classes and everything, so it was never a a a concern of not getting into school. So I just thought like that was the next step you had to go to school and pursue. Obviously things have been a little bit different. Um, But I think growing up with like our parents, third generation, everyone went to college. So it's just kind of the standard. Okay. It's not, are you going to school? It's where are you going to school? And when, how are you getting there? So um, yeah, I mean, I don't think it was any like big decision. It was kind of just like, that's what needed to happen after, you know, you get into junior year of high school. It's all right now make a list of schools you want to go to start visiting them and then see where you can get in
1: do you have any regrets surrounding that idea of that time in your life going to college because it sounds like the plan was almost fabricated for you individually and it wasn't something that you really got to choose or had too much choice in because it seems like it was something that was set out for almost everybody that we know
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i wouldn't say i regret it because i think without that experience i wouldn't Realized what I truly wanted to do in life. Um, Like college, I went all different directions. I thought I wanted to be a doctor at first. And then I was like, I want to work in sports, but I don't know what that looks like. And then kind of found a niche in the sport industry that I wanted to pursue. Uh, Then from there, like I started a podcast, I grew a great network of people with um, colleagues and classmates and teachers and people just around the areas. So I think it taught me a lot about myself as a person. Obviously, that's a expensive lesson to learn. Um, But I think if I skipped going through college, my plan would probably be just to continue landscaping. I started doing that at a very young age, scaled it up pretty well. Um, You know, it would have been super easy for me to hire employees, start a legit business, and run an operation out of central Pennsylvania. Um, So that's what I would probably still be doing today if I didn't go to college which is fine, like that you can still make good money, you can still enjoy what you do. Um, But this, the route of going to school, I think really pushed me to find like my true purpose and challenged me to go different directions.
2: Nice. So me personally, I feel like college kind of um, limited my mindset in that I only focused on one end goal. Would you say it kind of differentiated from you and it kind of opened you up and allowed you to see different routes that you would possibly want to take
0: yeah i would definitely say that because going in i was like zero option mentality i was going to be a doctor i remember even saying to my parents like when i first got accepted to Pitt, i was like oh just like call me a doctor now i thought it was gonna be so easy just like breezing through the 12 years or whatever it takes and i went through like two months and i was like this is not it for me so Mm -hmm. um from there i was just like okay what's the next step for me like what are my backup options is it continuing to try to pursue something similar is it going completely different direction is it dropping out of school and going back to landscaping you know what is the best thing for me so it challenged me in different ways to actually see what i wanted to do um and it was a humbling experience because i think just status quo in society is if you say oh i'm going to be a doctor you're glorified. Like people think you're gonna be yep. on a pedestal so much more successful. And then to say like, oh, I'm gonna work in sports. Like when I first started saying that to people, like family, like extended family or friends or something. And they knew I made a switch. They just be like, oh, cool. Because yeah, people oh. think it's like you work like at a box office selling tickets or something. Like it, obviously it's very it's a large industry, um, but people thought it was a big downgrade, which it could be, you never mm-hmm. know. Um, but yeah, it was it was definitely a weird change.
1: For sure. So prior to you going into college, you said you wanted to be a doctor. What set you on the path of wanting to be a doctor?
0: Yeah, it was two things. So grew up with a family friend who um, had hearing loss um, when she was born and had a cochlear implant. And I was in her elementary school classes and had to see how... The class had to adapt to that, Um, having a a, uh, sign language person in class with us and being close to their family, seeing how it impacted the family as well. So I was always curious about that kind of aspect of uh, things in the medical field. And then I remember one day in high school, it was like a study hall or something. There's this old study hall monitor. I forget his name, but like he was always so angry and he was handing out passes for people to leave and kids were just like had their headphones in. He's trying to ask him questions. Nobody's answering because they couldn't hear him. And he's like, I'm telling you guys, if you want to make a lot of money one day, get into like hearing aids or something because everybody's going to need them with all your headphones. And I was like, that's a great idea. Yeah, a idea. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I compare the two together. I can see the emotional impact of a family growing up with someone or growing together with someone who has hearing loss. And there's a big need for it. I mean... How many times do you see your phone say your music is too loud? It's damaging our ears every single day. So I was like, this is cool. I enjoy science. I enjoy helping people. I'm going to put it together and try to help people um, with hearing loss. So it was uh, multiple different factors, but I just don't think I was overall too passionate to pursue it, obviously.
2: Um, I guess uh, while we're talking a lot about like recent life, to be honest. like Let's bring it back to young Matthew. Right. Um, Was there anything as a kid that really like shaped who you are today, either like through you seeing like what you don't want to become or through you following
0: someone like a role model? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think from a young age, I was really inspired because of my grandfather. He was an entrepreneur. Um, started a tuxedo business in Maryland. I think it was started in Ohio. Then he moved it to Maryland, um, but. They, I mean, he must've done, I'm not sure what the business looked like back then, but I know their house was nice and they sold it for a lot of money. So um, obviously he did very well for himself and um, he had three sons, my dad included, and they all worked for the family business their whole life growing up. It was long hours, you know, always working and for no pay really because it's a family business. Um, So it was interesting to me to see, okay, Here's how my grandfather got successful, and also here's how my dad really hustled to support his family, make ends meet, and grow and learn what it takes to find success. Um, so I was always really inspired with that work ethic and building something in that aspect. Um, from there, I think another aspect that really helped me was doing Boy Scouts. I mean, I'm an Eagle Scout, um, got that when I was 16 years old. and. If you want to be successful in boy scouts they put you through like leadership roles like you have to be able to lead a group whether whether it's like five people or my biggest group i led was the entire troop of 65 plus and that doing that at like 15 years old telling people what to do when to do it um you know telling adults what to do too it was definitely a very it was an experience that made me mature a lot um time management all those things And really showed me that I can excel past um, my peers.
1: Nice. Do you think having your dad and your grandfather as a role model is what molded you into wanting to start your landscaping business at an early age? Because you did start it really early. Mm -hmm. While I was still playing video games and getting Cheeto residue all over my (laughs) Xbox controller, you were out there making money starting your own business. So what made you start that?
0: I think a lot of kids especially us guys like have some desire um to do that kind of work like i look at kids these days and they have like the toy lawn mowers they see their dad cutting the grass Mm -hmm. and they're like following him with a toy lawn mower so i think it's like something that a lot of kids just have some level of interest in um this could be yard work cooking something like they see their parents doing something they want to emulate it and i don't know if you guys remember like on the driveway side of my house that little hill that goes down to the backyard um so when i was like eight years old, probably, I would always be like, I want to cut the grass. My dad was like, okay, here's the deal. Whenever you're able to push the lawnmower up that hill. And at that age, my strength, that looked like Mount Everest to me. I was like, no way I could do that. (laughs) To be fair,
1: it is a steep hill. Yeah,
0: it was steep, but it was short. Mm -hmm. And um, so that was the goal for me. Whenever I could push the lawnmower up, I was able to cut our grass um, myself. So, you know, it took me a couple of years, but finally got it. And then from there, I was just like, I just love the challenge. I really liked Legos and stuff. I like putting things together and making it look nice. So that was pretty similar. I cut the grass. It looked terrible. I missed spots. Tried to learn how to do the edging, you know, scraping the sidewalk. Um, and from there, I was like, okay, I want to get better at this. So it was just um, visualizing, seeing like what it, what my dad was doing, um, that I wanted to get involved. And then from there, just seeing like how I could improve myself and help other people with it.
1: Yeah, what age did you start cutting your
0: lawn? Um I probably started doing my own ten, eleven and then really started the business around twelve or thirteen years old.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. And you started making really good money from your business mm-hmm. because you did really good work. Thank you, you hired me a couple times to help you on projects that mm-hmm. were really big and I thought it was impressive how you were coming with your friends to some project with a group of like 15-year-old dude just to do (laughs) someone's lawn work and you're getting paid so much money for it when there's actual people out there like that do it for a living. Mm -hmm. But you were just doing it for fun. So do you think that business is what started your entrepreneurial journey?
0: For sure. Um, I definitely learned how you could build something really like when I first started cutting grass I think people hired me just out of pity they saw a little kid in the neighborhood like cutting his own grass like oh I'll pay him 20 bucks to do it Mm -hmm. knowing that it probably wasn't going to be great quality and then I saw like okay people are here to support me that's a big thing like even no matter what age you are when you if you start a business the people around you will support you Mm -hmm. no matter what um like right now I'm like involved in like a supplement company and my mom's like tell me about the stuff that I should get, like I'll support you. Um, so people will always support you no matter what you're doing, uh, if you have the right people around you. But from there I was like, okay, I'm getting good at this, I'm getting a lot better. What can I do now to expand this? So I start making little flyers on a Word document, I'm printing them out, cutting them up, and I upgraded to like more like laminated sheets, um, putting them, I, I went door to door, or not door to door, but mailbox to mailbox, putting them in. Um, talking to people if I saw them outside and then from there, it was just like, okay, how can I approach this project as like, I want to do the best work possible because you can see it when you drive down the street, you can see if someone's yard looks nice mm-hmm. and I want them to know that I did that. Um, so from there I saw like, I'm pretty good at this. I can build it. I can scale it. Um, so why can I do it in other things? Like I never saw myself as cutting grass my entire life, but business is business. I mean, you, if you can do business in one area, I strongly believe you can do it in another area because it all translates
1: for sure. From you talking about that, you said you wanted to have your name recognized from an early age, you wanted someone to look at that lawn and be like, Okay, that was mad that did that long, that looks good. Or sometimes it may look bad. I think that's a very big, scary part about business for a lot of people is they don't want their name recognized. People don't want the pressure of having if something goes bad, to be on their name so they would rather be unrecognized. And I think that's a very big pitfall for a lot of people who get into business because they don't want to be recognized. They don't want to have their name attached to some job. Was that ever a problem for you?
0: To some extent, um, because I really challenged myself. to If there was an opportunity on the table, there was money to be made, I really never said no. Um, I put mm-hmm. myself into positions where I was doing projects I never did in the past. And I would be upfront about it. Like People would say, hey, can you do this for me? It was like, never done it before, but... Hell yeah! Like I'll I'll try it out. And if they're willing to take that risk with me, I would do the best I could. Um, but I remember one time there was only one time I got fired for poor performance. Um, I still remember it. Like it still like aggravates me because um, I was never able to like squash it and like formally apologize. And um, you know, I was doing like a it was supposed to be a huge project at someone's backyard, and they really didn't like how I did the first phase of it got a text because i text them i was like hey like i'm coming over this day to do the next thing and they're like um no i at the time i was charging them like 25 dollars an hour which really isn't much for landscaping mm-hmm. and i remember the text that said sorry you're not worth 25 dollars an hour you're fired and yeah, just seeing crazy. that as like wow because other jobs were getting paid like 50 60 an hour 100 dollars an hour to do stuff mm-hmm. and to say like you're not worth it and knowing that i did not do a good job for them was like it, it really upset me um so from there like I never made that mistake again. Always made sure I was doing proper work, um, bringing the homeowner around to say, "Like, are you satisfied with this?" And this goes like everything in life. Um, like, form this podcast, like we want to make sure we're putting a good product out there because if people don't enjoy it, nobody's going to come back. You know, mm-hmm. so it's always trying to do every single landscaping project, every single episode, every single sales transaction like it's the first one, so yep. you can always keep people happy.
1: Yeah, and that's that's a good way to look at it. Because a lot of people get lost in the repetitiveness of things. And then they think you can take it easy. Mm -hmm. And when you start taking it easy, then the quality of everything goes down. And that's when you lose your retainership of whoever is supporting you. Yeah, they'll find someone better. Yep, exactly. There's always going to be someone out there that can replace you. Mm
2: -hmm. So I want to dive a little deeper into this. Um, I believe that if, To become a man, to become a strong man, you have to go through like, uh, uh, whether it's a lot or whether it's a few, but you have to go through life changing trouble or trial tribulations, whatever you want to call it. In the ancient days, the best gladiator was the one who had like so many scars and went through so many fights, right? They went through a lot of tough Mm -hmm. times. And I think even like from my perspective of you from the outside looking in, you have, you have like a great family life. You have a great dynamic. Um, it looks like you were raised in a very nurturing environment. Was there anything that was super tough growing up? Was there anything that was really challenging that maybe formed you into the person that you are today?
0: Yeah, um, I would say two big things come to mind. Um, the first one was the death of my grandmother, that it came unexpectedly. Um, my I was fortunate enough to be around my great-grandmother for the first like 16 years of my life oh, 15 yeah, that's, years that, that's why um yeah so and when she was getting older like you know at some point like okay someone's getting older you kind of expect it to happen right like mm-hmm. if they're in the hospital or whatever like mm-hmm. you know the end is near um but my grandmother like this was a couple years after just unexpectedly the next day like i um wake up in the morning find out she passed away i was just like great health like she was one of those grandmas that would like literally play catch with me in the backyard Mm -hmm. at 70 years old. Like it was crazy. And, um, that just the unexpectedness of it, um, really hit me because I just, I didn't see it coming. Um, you know, you go through the funeral process, which is obviously never easy, but you know, it really shows you in life that like nothing's ever given, nothing's ever guaranteed. And Mm -hmm. it also showed me what do you want to be remembered as? Um, that was a, one of my first funeral experiences that I, can remember and um, hearing people say like great things on her behalf is just amazing. Like it, it showed me, okay, if I died today, what do I want people to say about me? You know, what have I done in my life to become worthy that someone shows up for me, but also says good things about me. Um, so it really just showed like, be someone that, um, is kind to others that does good work, um, takes care of other people. It's really important. And you know, nothing's ever guaranteed in life. Take every day. Don't ever take any day for granted. Um, the second moment that really challenged me, um, it might sound corny, but it really motivated me was getting cut from the baseball team. Um, sophomore year of high school, I did, I was too scared to try out my freshman year, showed up my sophomore year, thought I was doing great and, um, ended up not making the team. And I remember just being so upset. I put a lot of time, energy, money into it and nothing came from it. And, um, that was really what inspired me to get into fitness more, um, started, giving me extra time to work more on my business. So that was really something that took me from, okay, I'm scared to take action to now, like, I don't care if I get rejected, like I want to go do something I would, I wouldn't never be rejected again. And obviously I have, um, but it really fueled something inside of me that I never want to be told again, like, no, you're not good enough, right? It's cool how that
1: Stuff, whatever you go through for anybody, it fuels whatever you go through in the future. So let's jump forward and look at your college life. You transferred to Temple second year Mm -hmm. after going to Pittsburgh to study sport management or sport business. And what did switching majors, one, teach you? And what was valuable about that switch?
0: Well, it taught me that it's okay to switch majors. I remember like in high school, My sister went through when I was still in high school. She thought that she was going to be one major and she switched pretty early on. I was just like, How could you do that? How could I know what you want to do? And people all the time, they're like, And a lot of students (laughs) will go into their freshman year being like, Oh, I'm undecided. I was like, How the hell you undecided? You know, like there's all these like stigmas that like you have to have your stuff in order. And even I didn't. So it was very, you know, reassuring that it happens, it's okay. And like things will turn out to be fine. The greatest thing about it, I would say, is when I got to my program, the first, like, orientation thing over the summer, um, they were talking about, like, the classes you have to take, but then there was, like, this other requirement to graduate, which is the, they're called industry hours, basically, mostly unpaid, but you have to have 250 hours volunteering in the industry, doing something Mm -hmm. sports-related in order to graduate, and you have two years to do it, Mm -hmm. or I had two years to do it, because it had to be done by the end of your junior year, and... All of my colleagues already had a year head start on me. So I'm just like, how am I going to do this? And the guy, the dean was like, you guys are behind. You're going to have to not go out some weekends. You're going to have to cut off people and like very extreme. And I was just like worrying, like, is this the right thing for me? Like, what am I getting myself into? So I remember showing up the first week of school and I'm like, looking around me, I'm older than everybody there by a year, but I'm behind them. I don't have the experience I don't have the classes i don't have the internships lined up so i'm like shit i gotta get to work and that really fueled a fire in me because it showed me like i could fit so much in like every single day i was doing this i was doing that like going from different things to get these hours in find opportunities for myself um it really showed me like how great you can be if you want to um i didn't do anything like remarkable in college i wasn't getting paid a lot of money but i found great opportunities for myself i made a lot of great connections I came out of college way ahead of most people. And I remember going in, like nobody knew who I was. Now I have people reaching out to me, former classmates, former professors saying like, oh, I see what you're doing. It's super cool. Like I built that myself. Like nobody gave that to me. So Mm -hmm. it was very rewarding going through that, like knowing that I had to get to work and I made something happen from it.
1: Yeah, that's super cool. So what was the biggest lesson that you learned from college then?
0: Hmm. Um... A lot of the lessons came from you know COVID stuff because that was most of my experience. Um, yeah. You know the my first year of college wasn't the cr- college I graduated from. Then I got hit with COVID um, for multiple semesters. I mean Philly was very brutal with their restrictions, so it was tough mm-hmm. to get back in the class. I think I had six potential semesters at Temple. I think two of them I was actually in class in person. Crazy, but yeah. Um, I would say the biggest lesson is like. Just find ways to create opportunities for yourself. Um, a lot of people, they wait for the job opportunities to come. They wait for the internships. They wait for the person to approach them, to ask them on a date. Like they just wait for things to happen. Well, like I said, I went out there and I just tried to find opportunities. Um, you know, I was told that they weren't hiring for something. So I continued to do my own podcast, a sports podcast at the time. You know, I f- took a class on how to become a sports agent. I contacted them and said, Can I work for you for free? I got the job. I'm still working with them today. So, finding ways to elevate yourself and find opportunities for yourself. I went from being a student manager for the lacrosse team, working so many hours, getting paid nothing, to my last year at school, them pulling strings to give me a graduate assistant position that's supposed to be for grad students to actually pay me. Um, so, finding ways to get your foot in the door and create opportunities. And it's still applicable today in life. Like, I want to become. I want to interview successful people. I'm to learn from them. So I create my own podcast to do it there and give that um, my opportunity to get my foot in the door. So always finding ways to create rather than wait for nice. it to come to you.
1: And then after college, you moved to or during college, you moved to Tennessee, started working with your sports agency um, on an internship. Mm-hmm. Now we live in Texas. So how's life been after college? And what do you do now?
2: Well, yeah. I actually kind of want to go back to college. I have one more Mm -hmm. question from there. College was the time you really started getting into Mm self-help. And I just want to know, was there like an inflection point or anything that happened in your life that said, oh, I want to go down this thing. I know it's going to be hard. I want to do this. And how did that change your college life? Because not a lot of people are doing that. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. It was a breakup. I think a lot of it's common for a lot of people. They try to elevate after a breakup. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of already getting there um, to some extent because you know I was had a business for some time. I was reading a little bit, um, but after a breakup and realizing that I was meant to do more and I need to put more into myself, invest more into myself, that's when it like really switched. That's when I really went full in. I started buying courses. I started reaching out to people. I started reading a lot of books. And um, listen to podcasts, all that stuff that I do today, and that was definitely the inflection point. Um, just being independent on my own and not having any negative influences around me, and really reshaping my life. This was around COVID as well, so there's really no distractions. It was a lot of free time, and I chose to not go on the Netflix that most people are doing. It was find books to read, go work out, find different ways that you can get better every single day when most people are getting worse. Um, I think the time was perfect for it because when we come out of the pandemic, most people are like sluggish and, Mm -hmm. you know, dreading real life again, but I was just like ready to go. Um, so it was really rewarding. And, um, I would say that was the biggest thing. And like during the college years, like exercising those daily habits, um, like you guys know this one of my last semesters at temple me and my, um, lifting coach at the time, we'd walk every day at Mm 4am and doing that. Like I remember sometimes... On Monday mornings, we would be walking around when people would be walking home after partying Sunday night. I never partied on Sunday night. I I know some people do. Yeah, partying on (laughs) Sunday night is wild. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, but like we're starting our day when people are ending their day highly intoxicated, sleep deprived. It just showed me like how much better you can be than other people. Um, And not to say like I'm so much better than them, but like I was putting the work to like create better habits, create a better day than these Mm -hmm. other people, win the day. Um, so I just started trying to inspire people around me. I was showing them what I was doing, waking up early, reading, exercising, um, and showing them that this is possible. I was working for the lacrosse team at the time. And at one point the coach said, can you sit and talk to them and just show like what your day is like? Because student athletes think they, and they do have tough schedules because they're doing a lot during the day, but they're like, show them what you do, like laid out all your different roles, all your different habits and stuff. And I did, and they're just like blown away. Was just like, but it, it's simple. Like you can do it too. Um, so I just try to inspire people. And I, I know I still do, which is, it makes me feel great. Like people I know in college, they'll reach out and be like, Hey, I know you did this before. I, I see you're doing this on your Instagram story. Like how can I do that as well? So it's, it's really cool. Yeah. Nice. So, um,
2: the initial loss of someone is kind of, the catalyst to this new endeavor to this journey of entrepreneurship um, how or did the dynamic between you and the people around you how or did that change um, as you started to invest more time in yourself and maybe allocate less time to everyone around you
0: mm-hmm. well not everyone's going to fit for sure um i definitely Spent less time with people that didn't fit this new identity I had. Um, Spending less time with them, talking to them less, because that's not how I wanted to invest my time. And with the people that were already around me, um, family members and stuff, like I just told them, like this is what I wanted to do now. This is the the person I want to become. Um, embrace it. Like this is how I am. And from there, other like acquaintances I had, like my lifting coach I just mentioned. I knew of him beforehand like we were you know just briefly connected and then we start talking more and then I just bring up like oh here's a business idea I have here's a book I'm reading and lo and behold we're on the same wavelength he's got a lot of stuff that he wasn't telling me and then we just connected just like that so it gave me more confidence to bring out in front of other people like this is who I really am this is who I want to be and it just made connections so much more beautiful like even us three now like talking about like what we want to become and stuff like it makes us so much more connected because we share common interests of wanting to get better you know Mm -hmm. it's more elevated conversations more meaningful conversations and i remember one thing like when i was going through that breakup that really helped me elevate um you know i was telling my ex like you know i can't do this anymore like i need to be laser focused on who i want to be my goals like it's time for me to invest in myself and she said something along the lines of like you can be laser focused with me still in your life, with someone still in your life. And at the time I was like, nope, I need to be on my own. And that was what I needed at the time. But it showed me like that she was absolutely right. It doesn't have to be like that person and not everyone. everyone's gonna be right for that, but you can have the right people and you need the right people around you to be even more laser focused, to grow even further. So now for me, I have a good circle around me, but how can I develop that even more? How can I grow that a little bit more to take that next step in my life. Nice. I
1: think I want to, I want to give a little bit of a side note here. One of the very first quotes I ever remember you saying to me, and I think it was a few years ago and I never understood it because I wasn't into the self-help yet. I didn't get there. You said being selfless or being selfish is selfless. And I was like, Bro, you're being selfish. Like, that, that's not true. Yeah. But the older I got and the more I thought about it, I was like, wow, that is really true. Because the more you're able to put into yourself, the more you can pour into other people and help other people. And giving an example of that, you used to walk every day at 4 a.m. And we went to Florida one time. And the very first time I saw it, you always used to tell me, yeah, I go walk at 4 a.m. I was like, yeah, whatever, buddy. Like, cool. <laughs> but I never really understood what that meant. Then one day I woke up to the smell of bacon. And you had just gone on a 4 a.m. walk. It was about 5.30. And you got back to the house after like a 45-minute walk and cooked breakfast for everybody. And I woke up to Smell of Bacon. I was like, wow, bro really has his priorities set. Like This is amazing. <laughs> and that was the first time I was ever able to see something where you were actually like living your good habits that you said you did. Mm-hmm. Because you told me what you were living, but it was the first time I got to see it. And that was so much different. And that was inspiring to me. And that's one of the things that inspired me to live this life that we live now. Mm -hmm. So you have inspired a lot of people, me being one of them. That's great, I appreciate that. yeah, bro's inspirational.
0: Thank you. Yeah, it's a great, I think everybody needs to go through like a season in their life of being kind of selfish. Um, You owe it to yourself. Like we go through life all the time in debt to other people, owing them, owing your parents for doing stuff, owing friends you owe yourself. And the reality is like, you need to put yourself first at some point. Um, So my season of this was like probably a year long, maybe six months to 12 months of kind of cutting myself off from other people, getting really close to who I wanted to become, understanding different aspects of my life. It was super selfish, um, but at the same time, it's what I needed to now be open to inspire other people and live a better life for myself. So I would encourage everyone to go through it because You know, you never know who's watching too. like, I'll post something like I might tell you that I'm going for a walk. But like, you know, people might not always believe it. Mm -hmm. But if people actually see it, they believe it now they want to get better. They want to inspire other people. So it's just a ripple effect.
1: Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. I'm sure on the early journey to success when you really are to entrepreneurship, when you haven't fully ingrained it into your identity, it wasn't easy sticking to it knowing um, and seeing all the causes that it had maybe on other people, um, maybe it was distancing you, maybe you didn't know if it was the right decision after breaking up with, um, your ex-girlfriend. Was there ever a point along the line where you wanted to stop and you didn't think it was for you
0: every day? Yeah. I mean, it's common. Um, I think it's something that shouldn't be like frowned upon or like hidden because I think that the top performers, the top achievers in our lifetime, like, I think they deal with it almost every single day. Yeah. Um, you know, whenever things get tough, it's always easy to go back to like, why am I doing this? Why should I put in the work today? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's really tough to answer that question. Uh, that's where creating momentum, doing a good daily habits really help because then you can see what you're actually, you you can achieve what you're here to do. If you Wake up early and go work out. It's so much easier to work that day because you already did something hard. You already made a small win in that day. So, you know, I remember listening to a podcast. Um, It was Andy Frisella's, and he's like, I used to take guitar lessons. I told my guitar teacher, because he's like, I was listening to a song on the radio. I loved it, and I just said, hey, like, have you ever played the song, whatever? And the guy was like, no, but like, let me hear it. Played it, and the dude played it back for him. Note by note, perfect. And he said to him, wow, you're so talented. And the guitar instructor was like, don't ever say it to me, I'm not talented. I put in so much work to get here today that it's not talent, it's hard work. I think that's what success really is for a lot of people. Like that's how we achieve it. It's not talent. It's hard work every single day, even on the days that you don't wanna do it, even the days where you question yourself. Um, so it's it's lonely. You know, you don't you can't always rely on other people, like, hey, motivate me today. You can't always go on YouTube and find someone that's gonna speak to you and get you fired up. You gotta really get down to the core and be like, this is what I need to do and look, take a good look in the mirror and really understand why you're doing it.
1: So what do you use to fuel yourself whenever you're feeling down?
0: Um, I would say just, you know, there's a saying that uh, we don't rise to the level of our potential. We always fall to the level of our habits um, and our discipline. So I think that's really what I rely on uh, because I know I can be a great person. Like if I have a perfect day um, I can crush it, but that's, Few and far in between. That doesn't always happen. So, if I can fall back on waking up early, reading a book, listening to a podcast, connecting with someone, journaling, like these are things that are going to help me. So, I think it starts with the foundation of building good habits um, because if you can rely on that, your day is going to be so much more productive. And if you can see, like, okay, like I'm reading a book today, I read a couple of quotes, I was just like, oh, this is amazing. Now I like want to do more. Um, You know, I, I was a little tired, now I feel more awake. So, Um, having those daily habits that are easy to do really propels you to create more success in your daily life. Nice.
2: So five years, uh, it's about right, on the entrepreneurship journey of you changing your life. You've probably went through a lot of ups. You've probably went through a lot of downs along the way. But I feel like you're very qualified to give advice to people who are just starting their journey or people who are struggling. Um, You've went through a lot. What would you say to even yourself back when you were starting? Would you give yourself direction? Would you say just go ahead and run 20 different ways and find out what works for you? What would you say?
0: Hmm. It's a great question. I think more than anything, the top priority for anyone should be having good people around you first. Um, Because you can, like looking back to starting a landscaping business, the stigma for an industry like that is you work hard you get drunk you spend all your money and you Mm -hmm. probably don't show up to work the next day Mm -hmm. and i could see how that's true because it's hard work and you know you don't always want to go out there if i had that kind of influence around me i would never be able to save any money never invest any money never grow my business but luckily for me i had good friends good family around me that really helped me understand like my potential so I would say before you start on anything, like you need the right influence around you, and the influence does not have to be face to face. It could be who are you listening to, who are you reading. Like you could have your best friend be an author of the book. That author doesn't have to know it. You know, mm-hmm. um, you can just kind of be distantly com- uh, connected with these people. Having a strong connection base is really going to help you pursue what you want to in life and going on your entrepreneurship journey. Another tip I would give is just what is it that Inspires you lights you up every single day life is too short, especially at a young age like in high school or something like I know we all have more time and energy to do like the hard work but if you don't want to get up every single day or work after school like what is it all for you're just gonna blow through your money You're not gonna have any fun Um, So what is something that you can actually? Enjoy doing if it's working at a grocery store by all means do it They're always hiring for me is I want to be outside. I want to move around and make landscapes look good and that was fun for me and It really showed me like I can have fun doing something and also make a good amount of money doing it.
1: Nice. So let's move on to talking about your life now. After your life of college, you now work in the sport business, have a podcast, really deep into your entrepreneurial journey. Where do you see yourself in the future?
0: It's a great question. Um, I think the main roles I want to hold, um, I want to definitely increase my influence as a person uh, I think I have as I grow as a person I really see a responsibility to put that forth uh, to other people as well whether that's you know post on Instagram or LinkedIn or just having conversations with people and with that comes growing my podcast uh, comes growing as a fitness quote-unquote influencer and trying to show people like what's right from wrong um so that's my main thing just growing my personal brand um finding what that personal brand is Mm -hmm. and then from there it's you know what are my other roles in life i'm starting my master's soon i want to become a sports agent for nfl players um hand in hand with that i want to become like a performance coach with with them Um, not so much on the field but off the field the mental game behind it i really like the aspect of discipline mental toughness and i think that's what a lot of athletes lack that's why a lot of them burn out and become unsuccessful as professional athletes. So want to get into that as well. Um, and then from there, just finding different ways that I can put my time and energy and youth into making something profitable. Um, coming down here, I never thought that I'd be selling solar panels door to door, but we did it for almost a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so you never know what things are going to do. Like we're doing something in marketing now. Never thought I'd be doing something with that. So in five years, I don't know what that project's going to be. But it could be something so i always keep an open mind of what opportunities could come and how can i um, get myself involved in it as best as possible
2: you're an inspiration to a lot of people thank you you've definitely helped a lot of people um you were role models for me and ricky personally thank you Mm -hmm. um you set the trend for our friend group you are a friend group you set the trend for a lot of people and i'm sure a lot of people from our school even look up to you for sure thank you. And going off that, you've been influencing people for quite a while. You said you want to influence people on your Instagram. You want to venture off into the uh, weightlifting realm and the fitness industry because you're good looking um, physique wise. Thank you. Um, You have your own podcast. And I want to know, pertaining to your podcast, what have you learned from talking to these super high value people to giving all this game to everyone and presenting it to the world, what have you learned?
0: Hmm. So many good lessons. Every single episode I do is super unique because the guests that I bring on come from all different walks of life, different backgrounds, different industries they work in. So everyone has a unique perspective to talk about how to become successful, what success is, what makes them successful. Um, So that always brings a little flair, I always come away learning something about them, about myself, about success that I can try to apply. Um, From there, I think another thing that it's really showed me is like, if you really put your mind to something and you show people that what your mission is, like my mission on my podcast, I send out an email when I interview guests, I have like a little one page thing on about the podcast so they can know like what they're gonna be asking stuff. And at the bottom, there's a one-liner that says, My ultimate goal in life is to help 10 million people define the word success for themselves. Can you help me along that journey? And mm. something like that, like I can reach out to someone, like the podcast I'm releasing tomorrow, the dude had like 150,000 followers on Instagram. Like I never thought he would respond to me. And the whole time he's like complimenting me, you know, having a good conversation, and he wants to support me. And, you know, like I said at the beginning of the show, like people that know you, they know what you want to do, they'll support you any way possible. Um, so it really shows me like these people that I never thought I'd be able to get into contact with. They want to help me. They want to support me and support my vision. Um, so it inspires me to keep going. It inspires me that to show that I can make a difference in the world. Someone that's built a multimillion dollar business is complimenting me. That's promising. Yeah. You know, it feels really good. Um, but it's also my responsibility to keep going. If I skip episodes, if I stop doing the podcast, they might be like, oh, he's a fraud. So it it really inspires me to take that next step and show that I'm about what I talk about.
1: Nice. Is there anything that Eric and I haven't asked you that is on your heart that you would like to share? Quote Jay Shetty.
0: Hmm. Um, I don't think so. I mean, you guys ask really good questions. Um, I definitely appreciate the kind words and everything. I think my overall thing is like, you know, at 22 years old, there's so much more life that has to be lived, right? I talked about it on a previous episode we did together that like, something that holds me back in the past and like does still to an extent is like, I feel like I'm kind of too young to be pursuing X, Y, Z. Like, I feel like I have so much more time, but you know, it's crazy. Like if you really put your mind to something, you can achieve something at any age and you can just keep excelling. Like how many people have told you like, oh, you're doing that at 20 years old. It's it's really good compliment. Um, so just keep pushing forward. You're never too old to do something. You're never too young to do something. So just find what's important to you and just work extremely hard. Um, find the right people around you and you're going to live a pretty cool life. So, um, you know, it's, I'm just starting my journey. I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, so excited to share it with the people around me and, you
2: know. Yeah, that's great. And I guess the last question I have, um, like you said, you're young, but from an outsider's perspective, I know you're going to be successful just with, all the work that I see you put in behind the scenes, the discipline that you have. Um, not many people I think in this world can uh, be held to that high standard that you hold yourself to. Um, but we're also talking about being success- successful in the long run and we also said before, or I think you said it before, that in order to be successful you have to know what success is so you have to know where you're going. Mm-hmm. What is success to you, and how do you plan on getting there?
0: Hmm. Tough question. Um, I ask that almost every single week, but I barely ever get asked myself. I don't think I'm out of position to like give a formal definition. I think it's my, like, I honestly think it's my life mission to come up with that answer. Like, I don't know if it's going to be a book or mm-hmm. a grand finale podcast, whatever. But it's going to take some time to like really refine it. But success to me right now, in broad terms, is just progress. How can you get better every single day? How can you get better tomorrow than where you were right now? How can you continue to elevate with different ideas, different businesses and um, different habits? Like how can you continue to excel? And that's really, I mean, if you do that on a daily basis, on a yearly basis, success is inevitable. You can mm-hmm. guarantee success if you continue to progress, um, even if it's a little by little. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's always just pushing yourself to find different ways and actually take action on it. Um, you know, I talked to you guys a couple weeks ago about a business idea I had. And I was just like, I wonder if this will work. And mm-hmm. I've been studying on it. I've been doing I see you tri- studying. I've been doing trials on my own, on, my, on myself, to see, you know, what the effects are. And, you know, I'm telling some people around me, I was telling my parents, I was just like, I honestly believe this is going to be a million dollar business. And like, I've done this so many times in my life where I'm I'm just like, that's a great idea and I don't do anything with it. Mm -hmm. Um, So like, I think this is the one, you know, it's just, you know, this is the progress. You know, what, how can you progress with it today? How can you learn a little bit more? Because most people, if you say to them, I have this idea and you're actually taking a little bit of action, they're like, oh, what are you doing that for? You're wasting your time. That's how most people operate. They're Mm -hmm. not going to take the action. They're not going to progress. So if you do it, you are 10 times, 100 times, a million times further along than anyone else. So success is going to be almost guaranteed because you're actually taking the action and the progress that it takes.
1: Nice.
0: Beautiful. Well,
1: thank thank you you for sharing your story, Matt.
0: Thank you,
2: guys.
1: We really appreciate it. And I'm sure the audience appreciated getting to learn a little bit more about you. So for everyone, this is the story of Matt Loopy. Stay tuned for the future episodes where we'll take a deeper dive into the story of myself and Eric as well. But this is just part one of this series. And again, we upload every Tuesday and Thursday. So be on the lookout for those. We'll catch you in the next one. Peace.